Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Friday, October 21st, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show, everybody, and welcome to the weekend. We made it once again through another week of marijuana reform, and it's getting so exciting as we're closing in on Marijuana Election Night 2016. We are, what, 18 days away from the election? The most important vote in marijuana's history. Five states voting on legalization, four states voting on medical, and uh, we will bring it all to you live on CannabisRadio.com with both audio and video feeds coming to you from Los Angeles, California at the Drug Policy Alliance Prop 64 Watch Party. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in the middle of the hour, but First, let's talk about the very special guest we've got joining us on the show today. I'm excited to uh, present to you a talk that I had with Tommy Chong just yesterday. Uh, we sat down and chat, chatted for about a half an hour on various topics, uh, his experiences in prison, his current health, and what he thinks of marijuana legalization, particularly Proposition 64 in California. Is he for it? Is he against it? You'll find out coming up at the bottom half of this hour in a very special discussion with Tommy Chong. Also coming up on the show today, we'll have time to uh, get behind the headlines to take a look at a CNN report that claims that Colorado's marijuana potency is getting higher. The question is, is that a problem? Not for me, I'll tell you, but uh, we'll find out when we get to the uh, behind the headlines segment. But we start everything off today with the Cannabis Radio News. In the headlines today, we've got our first poll on Initiative 182 in Montana, the initiative to restore their medical marijuana program. We've got a problem with the ballots in Florida. Imagine that. Problem with the ballots in Florida not including the medical marijuana amendment. We've got a look at Arkansas and the costs of its proposed medical marijuana uh, programs in two separate initiatives that are on the ballot there. We've got good news coming out of Massachusetts with a high-profile supporter coming out in favor of their question to legalize marijuana. And we've got an interesting story out of Philadelphia where a high-profile fella got busted for weed at the airport. The most interesting part is what happened to him after he got busted. That's coming up in the Cannabis Radio News right after the top of the hour. Then in the second hour, we'll go into Toker Talk Radio. The phone lines will be open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. And you can call us and uh, ask us questions or we can talk about whatever topic you might uh, want to bring up. The lines are open for you in Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Of course, they're open all the time. You can always dial 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565 if you'd like to leave us a message that we could play back at a later time. Also in that Hour 2, we've got some new anti-reform ads from the opponents of the reform measures on the ballot. We'll play those for you. We've also got a look at the media in Boston, which is 
starting to debunk some of the craziest reefer madness claims about their question for legalization plan. And uh, we'll also just round up some of the rest of the miscellaneous stories that have uh, bubbled up throughout the week. Uh, we've got a look at some pot growers who are actually welcoming the advent of big business. We got another explosion to tell you about from uh, marijuana processing. And you remember the guy who was in the this is your brain on drugs commercials way back in the 80s with a little frying egg in the pan? Well, uh, we got some interesting news about him, too. It's all coming up on the Russ Belville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, live and exclusive right here on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Keith Strop, the founder of Normal, is here. The single most important victory will be California. We've got Steve D'Angelo. Well, the state of cannabis affairs in California is in flux. The guru of ganja, Ed Rosenthal. It's uh, better for people to be using concentrates. Weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. Chat is for friends 18 and older. We expect our chat to be civil, mature, and free from excessive profanity. If you don't like these rules, there are approximately 6 billion other chat rooms with lower standards that you can visit. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, October 21st, 2016. The majority of Montana voters oppose the medical marijuana expansion proposed in I-182, according to a recent poll. The findings suggest that Montana is bucking the national trend of acceptance of the drug, and the campaign for the initiative says that its own data paints a different picture. 
A Lee Newspapers poll of more than 1,000 registered voters conducted October 10th through the 12th found that 51% of people responding said that they would vote no on the ballot initiative. It would restore access to medical marijuana for thousands of Montanans while putting in place licensing, product testing, and other restrictions. Of those polled, 44% favored the measure, leaving 5% undecided. The majority of Democrats and independents favored the initiative the poll showed, but it wasn't enough to overcome Republicans, who came out 72% against I-182. A Florida lawyer is suing after a Miami-area woman's ballot was missing one of the election's highly debated issues, a shot to legalize medical marijuana. Karen Goldstein, the head of Normal Florida, received an absentee ballot earlier this month in Broward County. But the spot for the state's amendment, too, was mysteriously blank. The measure is asking residents for an up-or-down vote on legalizing marijuana for medical use, part of a raft of cannabis-centered questions posed to residents across the country next month. More than 60% of voters need to approve the amendment for it to pass, and a lawyer has filed suit against Broward County officials saying the ballots with it could cause irreparable harm and deny residents their constitutional rights. End quote. Quote, the end result of this error is catastrophic and cataclysmic, end quote. Norm Kent, a lawyer for the National Marijuana Reform Group Normal, wrote in a filing obtained by the Miami Herald. Competing proposals to legalize Arkansas medical marijuana would cost the state more to administer than they would create in tax revenue, state finance officials said Thursday, projecting they'd need as much as $5.7 million in additional funding if voters approve either measure next month. The Department of Finance and Administration said each proposal would generate nearly $2.5 million in sales tax revenue annually, though it warned it would take 18 to 24 months to reach that point. The department said the new tax dollars wouldn't be enough for the costs it and the Department of Health would face for overseeing the medical marijuana program. The analyst looked at estimated sales tax revenue from the dispensaries. It didn't include additional costs other agencies have claimed they would face if either measure is approved. The director of the Arkansas State Police, Colonel Bill Bryant, told the panel his agency would need $2.8 million in additional funding to hire new staff and buy new equipment if medical marijuana is legalized. The state crime lab has also said it would need additional funding if medical marijuana passes. Massachusetts Senate President Stan Rosenberg said he's backing a ballot question that would legalize the recreational use of marijuana in the Commonwealth. Rosenberg said he hopes he and fellow lawmakers can make improvements to the question if voters approve it, but he didn't offer specific changes. Rosenberg also said residents who want to cultivate their own marijuana should, quote, be able to have a few plants growing on your property, end quote. The November ballot question would let those 21 years and older possess up to one ounce of marijuana for recreational use and allow the home cultivation of up to 12 marijuana plants. Rosenberg's endorsement came as opponents of the ballot question reported a $1 million donation by Las Vegas Sands Corporation CEO Sheldon Adelson, bringing their fundraising total to $1.7 million. Supporters have raised nearly $3.7 million. Police say authorities cited a documentary filmmaker and former Philadelphia mayoral candidate after finding small amounts of marijuana. A police spokesman tells the Philadelphia Inquirer authorities found marijuana on Sam Katz on Thursday morning at Philadelphia International Airport. Katz said he was heading to Florida for a weekend fishing trip. He says he hadn't smoked marijuana in years and thought he would do so again. Katz said he put the marijuana in his suitcase and that the federal TSA officers found it as he passed through security. He says the officers seized the marijuana and gave him a $25 ticket. 
He also missed his flight and had to make alternative travel arrangements. Katz ran for mayor in the 90s and early 2000s. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, October 21st, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The regulation of marijuana means more money for schools. Because our schools here in Nevada are so underfunded, this would be a great revenue source. Provide about $20 million a year extra for our school systems. This tax revenue will be so helpful to all the education system throughout the state. The measure specifically calls for all tax revenue to go into our education fund. Vote yes on question two. Vote yes on two. Please, vote yes on two. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We have to bring back law and order. Okay, maybe you're high too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we're going to look forward in the world of legalized marijuana to how people and those who don't understand about it uh, are going to react. What are the new ways they're going to try to restrict us in our right to use marijuana? And I'm beginning to see the uh, be- the start of this thinking in a piece that I found on CNN's health section. It's entitled Colorado's marijuana potency is getting higher. And the highlights of the story are that there are currently no regulations in Colorado limiting THC levels. And the average THC content has dramatically increased in the past couple of decades. Uh, Their lead is that more than two years after Colorado began selling marijuana for recreational use, cannabis consumers have access to pot that is more potent than ever. And this framing of the idea that that this potency is something to worry about, I think is going to start gaining some traction. Uh, I think as the people that are uncomfortable with marijuana begin to recognize that 
legalization is inevitable, they're going to start trying to find other ways to restrict our consumption and restrict our use of this. Uh, much in the same way after Roe v. Wade was passed and abortion became a constitutional right, was recognized, uh, the opponents of abortion knew they couldn't overturn it, so they just found ways to undermine it. And that's what I think is going to happen in the recreational cannabis market. This story goes on to talk about how there's uh, different strains being produced, of course, and that the strains have THC levels that vary uh, as low as 6% for some of the, the beginner strains, all the way up to 28% in some of these other strains. And the scientists and the, and the reporters here are talking about how it just keeps getting greater and greater. Uh, there's one lab here that's referred to in the story, TEQ, uh, that found a flower with 32% THC, uh, with many of them talking about content being at least as high as 28%. Uh, then they refer back to the National Institutes of Drug Abuse. One of their spokespeople talks about how the 1990s cannabis uh, THC content was 3.7%. In 2013, it was 9.6%, and so on. But the, the general theory here is that the marijuana potency is increasing, and then once they've got that set up, the next section starts to talk about why that's a bad thing. The heading there is taking a health toll, and it leads with these increasingly potent strains hit inexperienced users hard. Talking about uh, ER visits that are up and uh, people that are having uh, bad reactions to higher potency uh, products, especially the edibles. And the problem with this is that they're conflating the higher potency of the flower with the way edibles work. The potency in an edible is variable based on how much concentration of the oil or flour you're putting into it. And it metabolizes differently in our system. Uh, the gut produces uh, 11 hydroxy THC, which is nine times more psychoactive than the delta nine THC we get when we inhale it. So it's a mixing of kind of an apples and oranges uh, situation there. And this idea that the more potent marijuana is somehow going to be more dangerous is one that we're definitely going to have to get in front of. They mentioned in the story how Colorado had proposed a possible 16% cap on THC potency. Uh, there's other states that propose things like 35% flour, 70% concentrate caps. We need to get in front of this and make sure that regulators understand it's not the potency of marijuana that makes any difference whatsoever. It's your education as how to use it. We have products right now that are beer that can run to three to eight percent. We got wine that can range from, you know, as six to 14 percent. We've got liqueurs that can range from 15 to 30 percent. And we've got spirits that can range from 30 to 50 percent or, or even more. And the thing is, we don't ban the, the 100 proof vodka because we're afraid people are going to chug it like they chug beer. We understand that there's an educational process there that people need to understand the norms of using these different substances. We, we put out a pitcher for beer. We put out a shot glass for vodka. And that sort of analogy and that sort of understanding is something we're going to have to get across to the people that don't understand what cannabis is all about. They need to understand that higher potency flour is actually a harm reduction measure. If someone is smoking marijuana 
and they're using a higher potency flower, they have to inhale less often, less smoke to be able to achieve the same effect. We also need to let them know that this is being used by many people as a medicine and reducing the potency of a medicine is never a good idea when we're talking about people who seriously need the effect of that molecule. Ain't just me, by the way. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. <laughs> well, we'll talk sometime, Mr. President. Uh, and thank you so much for your service. I got to say, you know, President Obama, no matter what you think about the rest of his politics, has been pretty good on the marijuana issue, at least in the sense of standing aside and letting it happen, which is really about all a president could do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you a quick update on marijuana election night and then our half hour talk with Tommy Chong. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com You're listening to Cannabis Radio News' exclusive coverage of Vote 2016. The path to cannabis freedom. Only on CannabisRadio.com Welcome back, everybody. 22 after the hour, and we are getting so excited for Marijuana Election Night 2016. I was just involved in our conference call this afternoon, uh, setting up some of the details, and it is getting pretty epic. We are connected with, uh, I think it's about 40 different television uh, affiliates for ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS across the country. We'll be carrying our audio and video feeds to report on marijuana legalization as it happens in their state, or marijuana reform, because it might be medical, as it happens in their state. And I just want to encourage people that are living in Los Angeles, Denver, Miami, Broward County, and what was the other one? Phoenix, uh, to check out your local uh, weekly paper, uh, the LA Weekly, the Denver Westward, the Phoenix New Times, the Miami New Times, the Broward New Times. All five of those publications will be featuring a full page ad 
for our marijuana election night 2016. And I'm hoping someone listening to me lives in one of those five places and will take a snapshot of the uh, full page ad, maybe send it to me, get me a copy somehow, since I don't live in those areas. I'm sure I could probably get one from Cannabis Radio as well. But uh, if you see it, just let me know. And uh, I can't tell you who, but we are looking at having uh, a pretty exciting co-host for the show from uh, the mainstream uh, news world, believe it or not. And we've got some celebrities that we're lining up for interviews throughout the night. Uh, I can't divulge who yet. I can't tell you who, but uh, some pretty good celebrities as well. We'll also have some uh, some of our elected officials, like uh, Congressman Blumenauer will be joining us. Congressman Rohrbacher will be joining us. We'll have uh, the campaign spokespeople from each of the states uh, talking about the their initiatives. We'll have reporters at the campaign watch parties to give us the live reaction as the votes come in in those states. And we'll also uh, have activist interviews and we'll talk to some of the opponents of these initiatives to get their take on what's happening that night it's marijuana election night 2016 make sure you join us tuesday november 8th starting at 3 p.m pacific running through 9 p.m pacific six hours running down all the latest election results we'll take a break and we're back with an extended interview with the legendary tommy chong right after this This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. When legalizing safe, responsible adult use of marijuana, the most important question is how. By voting yes on Prop 64, adults 21 and over could only purchase marijuana at licensed marijuana businesses. And Prop 64 bans advertising directed at kids, requires strict product labeling, childproof packaging, and bans edibles that appeal to children. Smart provisions to safeguard our families. Learn more about the safeguards at yeson64.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Could be Russia, but it could also be China. Could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody. It's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two and I didn't like it. 
One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to have joining us the legendary Tommy Chong. Tommy, welcome back, man. Good to hear from you. Oh, it's good to talk to you again. How you been? Great, man. I, I, it was good to see you up in Vancouver, British Columbia. We were there at the International Cannabis Business Conference. And uh, what was it like for you to be able to do a conference on marijuana in your own hometown? It was, um, it was, it was fun. It was uh, exciting. You know, got, got to see a lot of old friends. And uh, I love Vancouver anyway. You know, the weather is always so so beautiful, always sunny and shiny and, and rainy. I love it. Yeah, it was my second time visiting Vancouver, and I finally got a chance to wander through the downtown and visit uh, the Weeds outlet there. And it's a really laid-back attitude there in Vancouver. It almost feels like it's legal there. Has it always been that way? Uh, oh, yeah. No, Vancouver has always been very special, you know. I think I, I think the Chinese influence has a lot to do with it, you know. Really? Well, well in or the multiculture, the multiculture, uh, you know, aspect of it. Well, yeah. you can get every kind of food from Italian to Greece to uh, the Middle East, every, everywhere. You know, it's it's all there. Vancouver is the disability pot. Yeah. Uh, not that Literally. way throughout the rest of Canada, though. Uh, they they don't uh, look too kindly on that. Well, you know, Alberta is a little racist, you know. Yeah. And uh, but you know, you know, the great thing about places that are strict in one area, they always got a very uh, uh, what do you call it uh, uh, counterculture underbelly. Right, right. Kind of the, the repression makes us kind of bound together mm-hmm. and have our own culture. Like when we started uh, Cheech and Chong back in the day, Texas was very conservative, but their, Houston, Texas had a, uh, uh, <laughs> a underbelly. Well, the Furry Freak Brothers came yeah. out of that I- environment, you know. So there was always the crazy hippies, but in, in the most conservative state. Right, right. You know, I grew up in Idaho, something similar, you know, uh, north end of Boise. There's yeah, always same, some same. area. Oh, yeah, there was always a, a great party town. <laughs> <laughs> no like, doubt. Well, you yeah, because you, you had nothing else to do. You had to go, you know, <laughs> hide in, in, in someone's uh, very hip parents' home. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Now, you know, talking about the culture, you know, you, you mentioned the Freak Brothers, of course, you, you and Cheech and uh, bringing up through the 70s and the 80s. As legalization is happening, though, and, and like this conference we were just at, we're seeing, you know, uh, fewer heads and more suits. Uh, do you worry about the, the culture changing and maybe us losing a part of that as it becomes more legal? Absolutely not. No, I'm embracing it. I, I love to see the culture come back as a style you know hmm. there was a time when you know when when, when a hippie was a, a like a you you, you wore a uniform <laughs> <laughs> and now uh you go into high-end stores you know they got a hippie section right <laughs> if you want to look that way uh no i love I, I love what's going on in the world and we owe it all to the cell phone by the way <clears throat> How's that? What's the cell phone done for? Well, the, the cell phone has put uh, the information at your fingertips. Yeah, you know, 
uh, like you can you can uh, uh, fact check any anything. Well, like they did with Trump's speech, you uh-huh. know, or or the the you know what was it? what's it called the um, um, what they just the the debate. Yeah, yeah. You know, just as they would say anything, they would fact check it immediately. Sure. And so, so that's what made that's what that's why marijuana got uh, legalized so easy. Yeah. Because uh, when you fact check marijuana, you find out it's good for so many ailments. Right. You can't... And it has and it has no negative uh, effects. You know, like alcohol does. You fact check alcohol, and you find out what a horrendous uh, uh, substance it is yeah. compared to uh, marijuana. Yeah. And so that's why. The world is going to change because of the cell phone. Huh? Yeah, it's like you can't uh, pull reefer madness on the Google generation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you know the but, other, but you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say the other the aspect other in which cell phones have changed a lot is convincing a lot of white folks that you know police violence actually happens. Yes, isn't that great? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's like the, truth, uh, it, it, yeah, everybody's under the the camera now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. I love it. I love it. You can't hide that shit. Yeah. You know, uh, you, of course, you uh, famously or infamously spent uh, nine months in prison because of the whole uh, bong sales and whatever they called that operation that took you down. Uh, was that uh, while you were there and, and dealing with you know the correctional officers and the, the prisoners? Was there this kind of awareness of how things are changing and, and people are becoming more aware of this police brutality? I mean, did, did the cops see more on edge or watching their P's and Q's? No, not at all. I was in a in a like a Bernie Madoff prison. You know? oh, okay, it was uh, it was ca- called Camp Cupcake <laughs> because we had a lot of women. We had a lot of women guards, uh, you know, uh, older older women, you know, the, uh, very nice motherly kind of den mother types, and and they were the guards, and they would uh, you know perform because in order to be in the camp, you had to be totally nonviolent. To almost to the point where you had to be like a kindly old grandmother or grandfather, and so uh, so there was no violence. The only violence every once in a while there would be verbal between people, but uh, any any kind of physical violence, you were immediately uh, driven over to the uh, the main prison, which was a uh, uh, maximum uh, you know uh, razor wire uh, old fashioned uh, prison. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent uh, a few uh, few hours in that prison uh, waiting to be transferred. Actually, when I got released, they they, they brought me over there as a holding uh, area when I was released, and it was the only time that I was in you know in a real prison. Hmm. Other than that, I was in a dormitory, and I had access to everything. It was like I, I turned it into a religious retreat. <laughs> Where time well spent, then you uh, came to some new uh, oh, yeah. understandings and epiphanies. I take it. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. I I, I really went on a spiritual quest. I ended up uh, joining the uh, the uh, Sioux uh, Native uh, Sweat Lodge Society. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow! And and I used to read the I Ching. I'd, I'd give I Ching uh, readings to uh, to the inmates in there. And, uh, no, I really, I really took, I took advantage of my time. And then I hooked up with an old biker, uh, you know, a convict that had been in, in, in jail all his life. 
and uh, and he taught me how to do time in jail. There, there is a way, you know, uh, how, how to pass the time. And you play games, you play a lot of card games, and you play bocce ball, and then you, you get some kind of a, uh, hobby where you build things, make things, you know, leatherworking or uh, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, pastimes, you know, you can read. And uh, I used to look at sunsets. Hmm. That was uh, my favorite thing to do. And, and I started, you know, one day and then the next day and then another day. I ended up watching every sunset for three months. It was like a, to me, it was a personal record. Wow. that That's amazing. Just uh, being able to make the best of your time like that. And, and we're so glad that uh, nothing uh, untoward happened. Uh, although we'd had some, uh, some rumors, we'd heard some stories while you were there about uh, your health battles where, you know, you had been treating cancer with cannabis and then you go into the jail and you can't use cannabis. And uh, what's been the results of that? How, how are you feeling? How are things going? Well, the truth was, uh, I, I got the cancer, I think, when I was in prison and not using cannabis. I never got diagnosed with cancer till uh, 05, and that was a year after I got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And I had had, it was a slow-acting uh, prostate cancer that, uh, that now I'm totally free and clean of it. Because when I got rectal cancer during Dancing with the Stars, I had to do the straight treatment, you know, the the traditional uh, uh, chemo and uh, radiation. Mm. And while they were radiating the the rectal area, they radiated the uh, prostate area. And so now I'm uh, 100% uh, cancer-free right now. That is great news. And feeling good. Yeah. Feeling really good. That is such great news. And uh, you're 78, uh, I understand, and uh, just still kicking it, still uh, really working hard. We see you all over uh, the continent and and doing those things like Dancing with the Stars you just mentioned. Of course, now with uh, uh, the campaigns happening, we got this election coming up, five states voting on legalization. Of course, California being the big prize. Uh, What's your stand on these legalization initiatives? Are you behind them? Do Do you think they're going in the right direction? Oh, absolutely. Anything to take the criminal, uh, uh, you know, uh, penalties off off cannabis. I'm I'm for anything that does that. <laughs> I tell people all the time, you know, I do talks at these uh, conferences and that, and I tell them it doesn't matter what hoops they want you to jump through. We've been growing and smoking and using cannabis. We know what we're doing. Now the cops... And the Justice Department, they got to learn uh, what we already know. And uh, eventually they will. You know, all these, uh, they're, they're trying to, in, in some ways, trying to treat it like, like alcohol, you know, and put restrictions on it. And that. Like they do now, like in Denver. Yeah, you've got legal pot, but you're not allowed to smoke it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of those catch-22 things, you know. And so we come up with vape pens that you can smoke it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we don't, it doesn't matter. Whatever they throw at us, we can handle it, as long as they don't put us in jail and take away our belongings. There you go. Uh, so so the uh, argument that I hear sometimes from people that they're worried about, you know, big marijuana, it's going to be all these big corporations that's going to squeeze out the little guy. Is that so that doesn't uh, sway you at all? I'm looking forward to big 
government, you know, because I mean, big business, because big business is basically people with the ability to uh, to create a product on a huge scale and get it to people on a huge, you know, a big scale. You know, like uh, dealing with wheat or dealing with soybean or dealing with uh, uh, tomatoes. But the thing is, cannabis is more like a wine, you know, and and you have to treat it more like you do a good wine. And, and of course, there will be some, you know, uh, product that, you know, like they have now, you know, the, what we used to call dirt weed, you yeah. know, because there was a lot of dirt in it for weight. And, and there's a lot of, you know, not that great of a bud being grown. But, uh, you know, what happens uh, w- with our industry, and this is what I tell them all the time, is that we know how to grow it, we know how to sell it, we know how to use it, you know, and all the government needs to do is stand back and collect the taxes like, like good governments do. Now, if big business gets interested in it, I, I welcome it. Because then what will happen, more, because it's a hands-on uh, situation. You don't have machines yet, you know, that will pick and, and, uh, and clean the bud. That has to be done manually. And there's so much things that has to be a hands-on. And so the bigger the, the, the grow, the more people that are, that are going to be working. And the more people working helps the economy. So... Uh, I, I love the, I love the fact that big business would be interested. Excellent. Now, uh, the other aspect coming up in the election, you mentioned briefly the debates that were going on, uh, Trump and Clinton, the Republican Democratic nominee. But there's a, 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 a sizable number of people in the cannabis community, especially younger folks that are uh, considering their vote for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. Uh, do you have an opinion one way or another on third party voting or the two major candidates as far as how well they're going to help the legalization movement? Well, the thing is, if you vote for Jill or, or Gary, it's a wasted vote, basically. You know, you might, uh, uh, but, and, and a vote for Trump is a wasted vote, too. You know, because he's not going to help the cannabis industry at all. Uh, the only person that is in the position to help is Bernie, and now Bernie's backing Hillary. So I, 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 I'm a Hillary backer. I want Hillary to get in. Right. Because she has the most clear-headed approach. Not only that, but we need a woman in the White House. You know, it, it takes away the the penis pearl. You know that <laughs> we all look at <laughs> the penis factor. You know, because that's what gets men in trouble. You know, and they can't control it. You know, it's an urge that Trump obviously can't control, and uh, like Bill Clinton couldn't control. Yeah. And the only guys that could control it got us in worse trouble uh, with uh, with the wars and and you know the and uh, uh, nation building. You know. Yeah. So like Nixon and and Bush, and so it's about time that we had women. And once we get Hillary in there, I'll bet you that the next president after Hillary will be another woman. Hmm. Because I I can just see I can just see peace written all over uh, everywhere, you know, with with the female, because they won't let ego and and uh, you know macho get in the way of their decisions. They hmm. will make clear headed decisions like mothers do at in a household, you know. Uh, I grew up uh, with a very strong um, a mother that 
that made sure my dad made the money, but my mother made sure that it was spent properly. And that's what we need uh, in government. Now we need a, a Hillary in there that really cares about issues and, and cares about people. You know, we don't need a e- egomaniac in there that just wants to sell uh, his Trump uh stuff you know <laughs> yeah uh, trump stuff from china uh did you ever in your uh you know running around in your celebrity circles ever actually meet donald trump no 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 well, luckily i never uh, hit that i came close i guess you know i used to go to the 54 but i never went inside the club i would hang outside <laughs> because the street people were more interesting than the people inside the club that's uh, interesting you mention uh, that era the late 70s early 80s that whole studio 54 era because i i think of our opponents who are you know proclaiming that the sky is going to fall because all this legalization is happening and how it's going to make more people use pot or whatever and i think gosh weren't they using a whole lot more back in like say 1979 and it's not like the world came to an end then did it do you see that at all (laughs) No, no, pot is 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 beneficial. I mean, anytime you got a substance that will help a, a one-year-old child get over the effects of of epilepsy, I I don't think you can talk very bad about that drug, you know, because it showed that it's very gentle and it's very soothing and very healing, and so the more people use it, the more healing that will happen. You're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of uh, a big drop in addiction. You know, right now there's a big heroin epidemic going on, which Donald Trump. Uh, you know, there's a heroin epidemic in Maine, and Donald Trump is insisting that the heroin comes from Mexico. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the heroin obviously comes from the East Coast, Upper East Coast, probably from Canada. You know. Yeah. Like like the heroin in in Vancouver comes from China, you see. So no, it's it's uh, it, we're we're coming into a golden age. Yeah. And now, as we move into this golden age, uh, there's some call uh, from drug reform groups that we should legalize all drugs or at least decriminalize them all. And you know, looking back to the Cheech and Chong era movies, there were more than just pot jokes in there. There were some cocaine jokes as well. What do you think about the other drugs? Should they be legalized? Well, definitely uh, treated as what they are. You know, they should be available in in drugstores. You know. If you got a cocaine addiction, you should be able to get your doctors can get the cocaine, you know, or dentists they can get cocaine. Eye doctors can get cocaine, you know, legally. And uh, no, there what what has to be put out there is the literature, and and you already have literature out there. Uh, no, the people that use cocaine, like Donald Trump, for instance, you can see he's a cocaine user. You know, he's got the cocaine sniff, you know. I mean, he's not public with it, but, you know, he had done business with a big Coke dealer where he got him off the hook. So I, I think we can safely assume that Donald Trump, and especially calling for drug testing, yeah. <laughs> because he, he confuses Hillary with himself sometimes. <laughs> Psychological projection, I guess. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
As we're moving forward with uh, the legalization of cannabis, of course, it's becoming a more mainstream product. We're seeing some branding now uh, of the products. And of course, you're involved in this. You've got Chong's Choice. Uh, tell folks about Chong's Choice, what kind of products these are and where they can be found. Well, uh, probably found in any uh, high-end uh, dispensary. Uh, Chong's Choice, what we've done, we made a concerted effort to bring the best bud from the best growers to the market. And what we do, we have people scouring the areas for the best grows. And when we find one, we offer them a deal for our packaging. And so our packaging is going to be, is right now the highest quality uh, product you can buy on the market. And so we've got certain, uh, there's a few you know, uh, dispensaries that carry our product. We have our own display case, and and uh, and we guarantee uh, that all the product that we sell are, are top notch. And if you're not happy, then you bring it back, and you get your money back, or you can buy another product. You know that might suit you. But we we stand by our money back guarantee, and we stand by our quality control because, for the most part. I'm, I'm, that's my expertise. You know, I, I test, uh, weed, uh, you know, daily <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun and I enjoyable and, and that's what we do. You know, we're ensuring quality above, uh, quantity. Excellent. Uh, Chong's Choice, you can find it. And I, I've got other stuff here that has some Tommy Chong branding. Uh, in fact, I'm smoking a joint rolled with papers from Futurola, some Tommy Chong rolling oh, papers. Uh, any other my uh, old things? rolling papers. <laughs> uh, we got grinders, and we, there's Cheech and Chong bongs out there now. Yeah. There's Cheech and Chong uh, merch. And, uh, you know, Tommy Chong, I'm on all of that stuff. And the Chong's Choice, and eventually I'm going to have an art show, and I'm going to show my recycled uh, bongs, because what I do, I find interesting bottles, and then I make them into bongs, and um, they're very healthy, and you can clean them, and, 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 it, and it's good for the environment. And so I, I haven't got them on the market yet, but I'm going to wait and do an art show and then I'm going to sell the, the proceeds of, you know, the art, bongs as art. And then I'm going to uh, use part of the proceeds to help feed the homeless. Very nice. Excellent. Where can people uh, find out more about that? Is there something online they can look up? Not yet. Not okay. yet. I mean, I, I'm still in the process of uh, putting a, a art show together. And so I'm going to wait till I, till I have product before I start advertising it. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea. I think a lot of people would like to benefit the homeless and, you know, get something from Tommy Chong. I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah get a See, my bongs are real easy to clean. And that's always been my knock against bongs, you know, decorative ones especially. They're very hard to clean and, yeah. and they're easy to break. But with mine, uh if you break it, just get another one. You know, it's just they're so easy. Yeah so easy to make and so easy to, to and they're the, they give you the best smoke ever 
Fantastic. Check them out. Uh, Chong's Choice available uh, at finer uh, stores throughout the uh, legal states. That's it. Fantastic. Now, uh, Tommy, on that uh, aspect of this kind of branding, the celebrities getting involved, I, you know, I've got, we've got Chong's Choice, we got Leafs by Snoop, uh, Willie Nelson's got a brand. And, and in those cases, I'm like, well, Willie's given his name and his fame and donations to normal. You and Cheech were always out front, you know, kind of leading the charge to make it normalized, you know, Cheech with his normal shirt in the, uh, in the movie, of course. And, and, you know, Snoop got busted in Sierra Blanca, other places. But there's other celebrities getting involved with this. I'm not going to name them, but that haven't always been on the forefront. They seem like they're kind of jumping the bandwagon without having put in the time or the dedication. Uh, do you have a, an opinion on that as to whether or not you know some of this is legit and some of it's you know bandwagon jumping? No, there. You know, we don't own anything. You know, uh, it's 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 open for everybody. You know, I I love it. I love, the more the merrier. Yeah. You know, I love it. I I, I don't. I've never been uh, territorial about anything, you know. And one thing about pot is I, I've been at concerts where you just uh, a joint gets handed to you by a perfect stranger, yeah, <laughs> and then you take a token, pass it on, you know. And that's the way it is with me in the pot world. You know, the more more people involved, the the, the happier I am. Hmm. You know, I don't mind sharing at all. You know. Because it's not about money. It's not about making a fortune uh, of this, even though, you know, you know, there is fortunes to be made. But you've got to remember, and this is what potheads know, good, true potheads, like with Snoop, it's about his music. With Willie, it's about his music. You know, with Marley, it was always about his music. And that pot helped him create music. So if anything... Willie uh, would probably smoke a joint and create music. Money, it, 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 it'll come. But, if it, but Willie is probably so wealthy just off his songs, and same as Snoop Dogg, you know, off their records. You know, well, look at Dr. Dre. He, he got a billion dollars for his headphone company. Yeah. And so money, money can be a, a problem. Money can be a distraction. And and the thing is, I'm not letting it distract me at all. That's why, you know, I, I make my bongs and I test them. You know, that's therapy for me. You know, it's keeping me young. It gives me something artistic to do and something to plan and, 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 and stay busy with. And so, you see, when you're in the weed business, and it's not going to go away overnight, you know, uh, you know, that day, you know, it was a racist law to begin with. And we're, we're coming into the enlightened stage of our life. And, and there's, uh, there's going to be peace for, I, I, I would say, a thousand years coming up. Maybe in this generation, mm. you know, when they, get, when they figure out, you know, that, uh, you know, no use bombing Syria anymore, you know, start helping the people <clears throat> and sharing, you know. And all the dictators, they're going to find out that it's not worth uh, holding people back and holding them down. You know, it takes too much time, and, 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 and you're not enjoying life. And so what, I'm, what I see in this world is, is a, a world of sharing and caring. Hmm. 
Let's hope so, and let's hope that legalized cannabis can help facilitate that. Uh, one last uh, question before we let you go, Tommy. Of course, the election coming up, we mentioned all these propositions on the ballot, and one big news item that happens is happening tonight, uh, Thursday night when we're recording this, is uh, Jim McMahon, the former quarterback of the Bears that won the Super Bowl, is appearing in an ad. Uh, he's uh, promoting the legalization initiative in Arizona, and I'm just wondering, you know, why don't we see more of the celebrities that we know are pro weed, you know, the Seth Rogen or Susan Sarandon or whoever, why don't we see more of them in a, in a promotional role trying to help these uh, initiatives get passed? Well, I don't think you need to. Uh, I don't think, you know, it doesn't help Susan Sarandon or any, or Seth Rogen. It doesn't help them. You know, it helps me because it's my life. You know, I, I'll be the one. I'll, I'll take the hit. You know, <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> I, I remember. Uh, I, I remember the time uh, uh, I heard that uh, uh, Baldwin. You know, uh, what's his name that imitates uh, Alec Trump? Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. Alex. I heard that he was a big Cheech and Chong fan, and so. One time I was somewhere, I forget where I was on a radio show or something, and I mentioned Alex Baldwin, and and he took offense. You know, what makes you think that I'm for legalization, you know? And, uh, yeah, he took offense at it. And so I I realized that you can't really jump to conclusions, and and people have to come out of the closet themselves, you know? And so I'm not going to out anybody. You know, I used to do that. Uh, when I was on the radio before, and I, and I, I would out like I'd be on television, and I would out people like Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> you know, or or uh, or uh, Huckabee. I, I outed Huckabee one time, and and, and I said that uh, you know they, they said I was on this right wing talk show, and they said, "Oh, Tommy, you know uh, Mike Huckabee?" I said, "Oh yeah, man. Mike and I went out to a strip club the other night, you know." And we had a table dance. I remember Mike was on the table, danced with the girls, and and he he just blushed and he was all upset. And that's what I wanted to do, you know, with these guys. <clears throat> but as far as the celebrities, you know, it's it's their call. You know, uh, I can only take care of Tommy Chong, and that's all. Yeah. Right on. Well, keep taking care of Tommy Chong because we want to see much more of you and uh, get you to see all these states get legalized someday. That would be just fantastic. Uh, Tommy Chong, of course, uh, everybody knows who he is and what he's up to. But tell us uh, what's coming up for you. Is there any appearances or uh, movies or books or anything else we need to know about coming up? Uh, well, Cheech has got a book that's coming out. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind pr- promoting that. It's called I'm, I'm Richard, Not Cheech. <laughs> and definitely not Chong. <laughs> that's the <laughs> title of it, I think. <laughs> How clever. So let's promote his book. Okay. Let's check, promote his book. Check out Cheech's new book uh, coming out soon. And uh, your website, TommyChong.com, is that right? That's it. All right, TommyChong.com, you'll find out more. Uh, Thanks so much again, Tommy, for uh, speaking with us, taking this extended time, and uh, we wish the best of luck to you and uh, all your endeavors. Okay, and you got my number, so anything, anytime you need me, you call me, okay? You got it, Tommy. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's so nice to uh, get to speak with Tommy, and uh, now that we've seen each other, uh, I don't know, seven or eight times uh, over the past decade, uh, I think he's beginning to remember who I am. (laughs) So 
Thanks for your number, Tommy. Appreciate it. And um, who knows? We may get to use that sometime. Folks, that's all the time we got for hour one. But of course, stay tuned. We got hour two coming up next. Toker Talk Radio. Phone lines open at 650 Legal MJ. We're going to cover uh, some of the new ads that are out from the opponents. Uh, we've also got some stories on marijuana explosions and the rest. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down to It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can tope. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about tope on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and and the, the next thing you know, they got ten years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It's time for Toker Talk Radio. Phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ, 650-534-2565. That's the Legal MJ we're looking for. And we're going to get a whole bunch more Legal MJ. That's right. We've got uh, five states voting on it, and things are looking good in all five. Uh, the five states that have legalization on the ballot, uh, their latest polls are looking great. Latest one out of California is 60 to 31. Latest one out of Arizona, 50 to 42. That's support versus opposition. Uh, latest one out of uh, Nevada, 57, 33. Latest one out of Massachusetts, 55, 40. And the latest one out of Maine, 53, 38. So we're looking five for five uh, come marijuana election night for legalization. Medical might not turn out so well. Uh, Florida's looking good. 
Florida's got uh, 69-24 in its latest poll. And, of course, they need 60% in Florida. Arkansas, the two issues there, there's uh, issue six and an issue seven. Uh, one's strict and one, the, the first one's more strict and the second one's more liberal. Uh, the issue six, uh, it's at 49-43. Maybe it passes. Uh, that's a September poll, though. And issue seven's at 36-53. Uh, their first ads have come out in Arkansas, the anti-ads for, uh, to try to fight uh, medical marijuana. This is the anti-ad in Arkansas, by the way. This is a cow. This is a great deal. And this is medicine. Mislabeling something doesn't change what it really is. However, there are compounds within marijuana that could potentially be used to help patients with seizures. But this, it's just drug abuse, and it's not medicine. Get the law right, and many of us will support it. Until then, don't buy the big lie. Vote against legalizing marijuana. Vote no on issues six and seven. See how they make that all about legalizing marijuana? Right? They were legalizing marijuana. No, you're legalizing medical access. Actually, you're giving people a uh, affirmative defense to criminal charges for their access of cannabis if they can demonstrate a medical condition and a doctor's permission slip. That's what you're going to legalize. But yeah, they're painting this as just being, you know, legalization in disguise. It's it's like a commercial you'd have gotten 15, 20 years ago, really, uh, <laughs> about, you know, this isn't really medicine. Oh, sure, there's parts of it that are medicine, but, you know, smoking, it's not going to help anybody. We'll see how well that plays. We are talking about Arkansas. And so the polls that were 49-43 and 36-53, now that that ad is running, who knows? That's probably going to drop it a bit. And the news I brought you in hour one about their uh, their state uh, controller, their state analyst, whoever it was, coming out to say that both of these uh, initiatives don't raise enough tax revenue to pay for their own administration and regulation. And that could be problematic for people, you know, especially in a state that's struggling as far as the budget and far as tax revenues go to want to, you know, take on that extra burden. So Arkansas looking, you know, man, 50-50 because, you know, one may pass, one may not. Uh, then North Dakota, uh, we don't know anything about North Dakota. I'm still waiting for a poll from North Dakota. But we just got that poll for Montana finally for I-182, and that doesn't look good. It's at 44-51 to help restore the medical marijuana in the state of Montana. So while legalization may go 5-0, and oh, medical, if you consider there being five votes with two of them in Arkansas, medical may go two for five maybe one for five could this be the pivot point in national reform where we leave medical marijuana behind and move straight to legalization we shall see this is the russ belleville show on cannabisradio.com legal to listen to all over the world we're just not sure about france cannabisradio.com dr dabber hurry its temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees fahrenheit it's burning up i'm afraid for this little guy it's just too late what caused the problem 
Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Good to everybody. Radical Russ here in Aspen, Colorado at the Alaska Northwest Cannabis Classic at the 26th Annual Boston Freedom Rally at the High Times Cannabis Cup Northern California. Day one of Canacon in Seattle, Washington. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay, maybe you're high too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. It's 8 after the hour, and as we move on in today's show, I want to discuss a couple of topics. I've got uh, some more of those ads for you. We've got these uh, anti-reform ads, because now billionaires are starting to drop some money into the anti-legalization campaigns about 20 years late to the party they are i mean we've had three four billionaires that have been uh, contributing to marijuana reform since the mid 90s and george soros john uh, lewis uh, uh peter lewis john sperling and uh, george zimmer for uh, for a while there too now we've got sean parker uh added to the list of these well-heeled uh folks that are uh, kicking in some commas to help us get some legalization because you can have all the ideals you want. You can be, you know, the best cannabis grower and most in tune with the plant and all the hippy-dippy stuff you want. But without some commas, we're not going to get things on ballots and we're not going to get advertising happening. We're not going to pass laws, right? Now, I think as we move forward, we should find a way that both sides can kind of embrace this new legalization paradigm. And by both sides, I'm talking about within our community because I kind of straddle the line between two generations. I'm 48. I'm four dozen years old. Born in 19. I was actually born on the day of the Tet Offensive of the Vietnam War, January 31st, 1968. Although some history books show January 30th, but I think because of the dateline or something, whatever. Around that time, I was born. <laughs> so anyway. I am too young to be within that 60s, 70s generation that 
you know, where marijuana came up, right, where it became uh, a culture, where it became a phenomenon. And so I don't have a tie to that. But I'm a little too old to be a part of this millennial generation that's come up where, you know, these these kids in, uh, in graduating college now have never not known medical marijuana. It's always been something people somewhere could use for medicine. So I'm in between these two generations and I find very attractive features about both generations with respect to the marijuana community. Uh, Looking at the older generation, the hippie generation, if you want to call it that, summer of love, flower power, whatever, there's fantastic culture and ethos, right? And they were right. You know, that saying about the hippies were right. They're absolutely right as far as recycling, climate change, sustainability, zero growth, uh, managing rather than exploiting. Uh, and not just the ecological thing, but also the, you know, women's lib, you know, and, and, and black power and the American Indian, uh, resistance, or was it the movement aim? That's what it was. American, uh, Indian movement and, you know, uh, the Cesar Chavez and all that kind of stuff, right? Civil rights. uh, Yeah. All of that. Wonderful. But the problem that existed and, and and still exists on the left uh, when you think of things like Occupy Wall Street and, and other leftist kind of protests is the lack of or even repudiation of hierarchy and structure, right? The, 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 this from ambivalence to antipathy toward organization, corporatization, money, structure, Babylon, whatever you want to call it. That's what I find is the negative part of that side of that generation uh, of, of, of either being on the left or being young or being part of that, that hippie movement back then, right? Great ideals. And, and, and remember how it was supposed to be the baby boomers, right? They, they came up through the summer of love. And once they were in power, why, you know, there'd be peace and love and harmony. But they got in power and we got, you know, Reagan and Clinton and war and Everything that came from that, right? We didn't get the hippy-dippy promise. But on the other side, when I look at the millennial generation and the things that I appreciate about their contribution to this movement is what's lacking on the other side, which is this affinity for organization and structure and complexity and hierarchy and business and, and corporatization, right? This is a generation that came up with the internet and came up with computers and understands internetworking and and the the nature of virality, something going viral. They understand marketing in a way that the other side doesn't understand, either doesn't understand or actually hates, right? They understand it and hate it, right? But this millennial generation lacks some of the hippie ethos that we that we need not all of them i mean you gotta say that you know young people today are certainly certainly farther ahead on further ahead on uh you know women's rights gay rights civil rights all that kind of stuff certainly and even the climate change you know the the with the uh global uh, climate change and, and and ecology i think they're they're more aware in that way as well but there is there is a lacking of the connection part that is so prevalent within the older cannabis generation, that human connection part, that analog connection part, 
the, the, the younger folks, the, the, the people on that side of the divide are more connected in an intellectual and informational and economic way. We're buying stuff off Amazon. We're looking things up on Wikipedia. We're communicating through Messenger or Skype or whatever. More connected digitally and, 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 and data-wise and money-wise, sure. But far less connected in that human way, in that analog, face-to-face, eyes-to-eyes, touching sort of way. Less connected to the earth and nature in that going outside without a cell phone, look, spending time without looking at a screen sort of way. So I'm, I'm hopeful that there can be this convergence of the two sides where each side helps the other side. It's something, you know, that I get from, you know, like Alex Rogers, for example, we do that international cannabis business conference and he's got uh, Oregon marijuana business conference coming up. Uh, I think it's November 19th or 17th, something like that. Middle November. I'll let you know more down in Ashland, but he's done a lot of these conferences and, and of all the conferences I do and, and increasingly they're becoming more business conferences. Uh, his is a great one as far as how it's bridging that gap, pulling the, the good spiritual side of, the hippie side or the heads, let's say it's heads and suits. Some people get offended when I say hippies, uh, the head side, and then pulling over the, the, the potent parts of the suit side, the ability to raise capital and money and organize and, and lobby and create laws and so forth. I just want to see that we do more of that. I want to see more of there being a, a cooperation, a compatibility, a complementary nature between these two sides to the benefit of all of us. Now, that said, there is some reality that we're going to have to address that's going to be uncomfortable for some people. One reality is that cannabis as a crop is, once it's legal, is going to be incredibly cheap to produce. It's going to be ridiculously cheap to produce. And uh, I, I did a little rant on this the other day, talking about the history of aluminum. And I wrote it up more formally today. I did some more research today and wrote it up a little more formally. And it should be up on high times, uh, probably on Tuesday, um, which is a cautionary tale for cannabis growers. It's like, if you're, if you're building your... If, if how you make a living now, if your economy... If your bottom line depends on a pound of marijuana fetching $1,000 to $2,000, you need to start adapting now to the fact that that will no longer be possible. The days of comma costs for weed are going away. And in this story I wrote up, in this uh, aluminum history, it was really fascinating to me. I found the actual dates of this stuff. Um, it wasn't even until 1778 that anybody conceived of the idea that there could be metal aluminum. I mean, it had been a part of things like, you know, the aluminum silicate that's in clay, uh, the stuff that you use as a styptic pencil. I mean, the Greeks used to use that stuff. The Egyptians were using all sorts of uh, compounds of aluminum for dyes and so forth, or to make dyes stick, whatever set, I guess. Uh, but, but 
such a it's it's the most common element in our crust. Like eight percent of Earth's crust is aluminum, yet it's so bindable to everything that you could never nobody ever found it pure. Like you find pure silver or gold or copper. Look, there's that metal and it's just that metal. Nobody'd ever seen it, and to this day there's no naturally found aluminum where it's just pure aluminum, right? Wasn't even until seventeen seventy eight that a guy th- thought that, you know, just theoretically, maybe there could be a separate metal, a new element called aluminum. And then by 1807, there's, you know, so got another 30 years almost before electrolysis is developed. And a scientist who had figured out how to get potassium and sodium and sulfur and, and uh, uh, all these other elements, uh, barium, magnesium, and so forth, through that process of this uh, uh, electrolysis, he theorized, wait a minute, you could use this electrolysis, you probably come up with some aluminum. And so he came up with the name aluminum, and yet he could not act on that because they didn't yet have enough electricity. The, the power wasn't great enough to be able to pull off what he needed to pull off. So it wasn't even until the 1800s till we had aluminum. <laughs> Hey, you in my class? I am today. In the mid-1800s, 1850, aluminum was going for $5.50 a pound. By the 1880s, it was down to $20 a pound. By the late 1880s, $6 a pound. By the 1900s, it was at 30 cents a pound. And today, aluminum goes for about 3 cents a pound in comparative inflation-adjusted dollars. That's going to happen with cannabis, folks. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. When I was in the Marines and I did fracture both my tibia and fibia, they they gave me multiple painkillers, Oxycontins, Percocets, Hydrocodone, painkillers, painkillers. You're addicted. You know you're addicted. The pride that I took being a Marine was gone. With marijuana, I felt like not only can I treat myself and treat the pain, but I can also live. Dealing through the VA, it is never talked about. It was never an option. Why do I have to live in pain? This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. 
and blue blushing gurgen fuffin der blushing schnurb norben you're tuned into the rush belleville show the voice of the marijuana nation only on cannabisradio.com welcome back everyone and hope you had a great safety briefing i'm feeling pretty safe Headed off to a uh, fundraiser uh, right after the show. Uh, it's for Compassionate Oregon, I believe, the uh, medical marijuana uh, nonprofit here in Oregon. Anthony Taylor does some great work with them, lobbying at our legislature. And I can't overestimate how important that is that we have good citizen lobbyists. And, and it's from state to state, it differs whether or not you're legally a lobbyist, how you have to register if you talk to so many about a certain thing and if you get paid and yada, yada. So I'm using the term loosely. I'm talking about citizens who go to speak to their legislators. But it can make all the difference in the world. I mean, taking a look at Oregon versus Washington with respect to how our marijuana laws and reforms have rolled out, almost everyone you ask will say that, you know, Oregon has done a far, far better job. And Washington may be the worst job in the nation. And a degree of that has to do with the legislature, the people in the legislature, and their education and understanding of the issues. And I think our activists in Oregon, Anthony Taylor being one of them, have done a phenomenal job, probably best in the nation, of directly accessing the legislators and educating them on a lot of these issues since the beginning of the medical marijuana program in 1998. I mean, we got champions now in our legislature. Uh, we've got uh, senators and representatives who are on our side that are standing up for us, you know, pushing our agenda and, and countering and educating fellow legislators when these negative sort of bills come up. So that happens because of you. That happens because of you contacting your legislatures, you joining together with others like you and forming nonprofit organizations and educating each other, you writing blogs, letters to the editor, op-ed opinion pieces in your local paper, local online comment sections in your news, uh, in your news organs, whatever they are, you know, the newspapers, the, the uh, TV stations and so on. That all accumulates. That all adds up and makes a difference. Everyone can have a part in legalizing marijuana, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your situation, you know, you'd be paralyzed and you got internet. Okay. You can, you can research and read and type and communicate and help educate people. Everybody's got a role to play and it can, and it can be a big one. It can be a small one, but it's all important. It all matters and all makes a difference. These Gallup polls that we're getting now is 60% favoring legalization nationwide that stuff just doesn't magically appear. People's minds don't magically change on these issues. They become educated. They become exposed to the issue. And that happens through our activism and our work. And whether or not you're, you know, a quote unquote activist in the political sense, or whether you're just someone who smokes pot or grows it or sells it, you're an activist in a certain way. But it's important to remember that the goal of our activism is to end the need for it, <laughs> right? I, I remember that when I first got involved with Normal and people talking about how our job was to put ourselves out of a job. Our job was to end the need for Normal. And to some extent, that's what I'm up to now. 
I want to end the need for me to talk about marijuana reform every day. I got a whole lot of other things I could be talking about, I'll tell you that. Lots of opinions in this brain. But that's what our goal should be. So if you are out there as one of those people that's a producer, a seller, or a consumer of marijuana and cannabis products, you cannot let your involvement, your profit, your uh, position in this illegal market to become an impediment to ending this illegal market. And that's unfortunate. We've got too many in too many of these states. This uh, Dragonfly De La Luz article that's up on, uh, on Facebook that's gotten some 80,000 shares. Yeah, you heard me. 80,000 shares for this. Uh, Prop 64 is going to end the planet. It's going to end the world. <sighs> now, I'm not too frightened by that number. I've got some of my drug policy colleagues that are freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, 80,000 shares. I'm like, look, look, look. First of all, you got to understand something called slacktivism. Uh, slacktivism is that, you know, I click like on Facebook and therefore I've, you know, done my duty. No, it, it, I mean, yeah, you have in that minusculest of ways, you know, type something, communicate, right? Just a like, a click is the literally the least you can do. But anyway, there's, there's a, a, a large degree of people who are on the fringe edges of marijuana politics, the, the tilters, you know, treat it like tomatoes, the true legalizers, all of that kind of stuff, where they spend a lot of time in the echo chamber. They spend a lot of time online and they've cultivated a, a friends list and a followers list that reflects what they think as well. That, you know, the evil government or the evil corporations or whoever is that's evil is going to ruin cannabis for everybody. And they share this stuff like crazy amongst themselves. They're very like online organized. They're very loud in a digital sense. Just like the, um, you know, well, anyway, they're just very loud in a digital sense. But in a real world sense, not very potent. And here's why. Because those 80,000 shares... That's globally. <laughs> That's globally. And, and a lot of the friends that these folks have aren't going to be Californians. They're going to be from a lot of the areas around the United States and then somewhat throughout the world. So it's not a real 80,000 number that we're looking at. And then of the ones in California, let's say half of them. Shares, half the shares went to Californians or even more. We could say two thirds. Okay. So out of 80,000, let's say, I don't know, uh, 55,000 got shared within California. All right. So now of those 55,000, how many of those people were already against Prop 64? Because they're already in the friends list and the shares list of people who would read and appreciate Dragonfly Data Lose or Letitia Pepper. I'm going to hazard a guess that it's a large proportion of them. We're already against it. So the share going out to them isn't going to change or affect the vote any. Who it could affect are the proportion of people on the, uh, in the networks of the followers of the people like Letitia and Dragonfly and so forth. And their friends' friends, as it 
makes those extra network hops, right, from friend list to friend list. Well, as that makes those hops from friend list to friend list, we're now talking about it going out to a lot of people who don't smoke pot in the first place and don't care too much about the measure and are either voting yes or voting no, and for whom these these uh, arguments that get into the minutia of tax rates and medical marijuana regulations doesn't really turn them on, I don't think it's going to change their vote any. But there is that one segment. It could be the, the young person or the person who's not paying too close attention to politics, who likes to smoke pot, and does so through the legality of the medical marijuana system in California and is swayed by the argument that it's going to destroy that ability to get the medical marijuana and it's going to raise the prices and, you know, the apocalypse, apocalypse, apocalypse will come. It's Friday, folks. Sorry. <laughs> so how many is that out of 80,000? Well, I don't think it's a lot. Because we're talking, first of all, mostly would have to be between 18 and 21 that would be drastically affected because they're the ones who under Prop 64 that you have to be 21 to get weed. They're the ones who will still need to get the medical marijuana permission slip. So that segment. Now, people 18 to 21, how often do they turn out to vote? The lowest of any demographic. And then there's others, you know, of, of ages 21 and up who... Let's pretend they were pro-64 because they just heard, hey, it's marijuana legalization, ounce and six plants, that's cool. And they read this uh, long screed from uh, Dragonfly and didn't bother to follow up by reading anything that's been rebutted to that by myself or Chris Conrad or anybody. And they're swayed. They, oh, it changed my mind. How many people of the 80,000 could that be? Well, I'm thinking it's a pretty small number. I would hazard to guess 1,000, maybe 2,000. All right, so maybe 1,000 or 2,000 votes have been changed by this. Now, as you look at California in a state of, what, 36 million people, and how many people vote in that state, like 18 million votes or 15 million? I don't know. It's millions of votes, tens of millions of votes I'm willing to bet on. And 84% of the people uh, don't smoke pot annually. Generally, I don't know what the California rate. I, I think California's monthly rate is something like six or seven percent. So now we're talking ninety-three percent for whom this isn't a personal. It's going to affect me issue. And the polls there at about sixty percent. So if we had about sixty percent of, let's make it ten million voters because I can do the math easy. That's six million yes votes versus four million no votes. Let's say the election's going to be closer than that. Let's say it's 5,500,000 to 4,500,000. So what? 1,000, 2,000 votes that got swayed by Dragonfly? I'm not too worried about it. I'm excited about this election coming up because I do think we could go five for five for legalization. And what a death blow that would be for people like Kevin Sabet and all these chicken little skies falling prohibition profiteers to have go five for five. Oh, my God. And to have some of these pass in the 57 range, 58 range would just be huge. It would be an unstoppable momentum from that point forward. It would just be just a matter of time at this point. I'm waiting for that to happen. And, and what I'm waiting for even more 
is that moment three years later after the first data starts coming in. Because that's about, you know, you get your sales figures in. Well, first, you know, these states that are going to pass, it's going to take a while for their, their systems to get ramped up. Maybe about a year, let's say. So now we're into 2017. Late 2017, they start getting some sales going. 2018, legalization's in full throttle. They got uh, shops. They got grows. It's going. 2018, you can get a year's worth of sales data out of that. By 2019, it's starting to come in. And we're starting to get the 2017 and 2018 data on youth use and traffic fatalities, all that kind of stuff. So somewhere around summer of 2019, Hell, let's put it let's put it November 2019 so where it's like three year anniversary of the election. I'll get to write that article, taking a look at all five states and all the predictions from the actual prohibitionists, the opposition campaigns, and from the stoners against legalization. And I will take those points piece by piece and get to rebut them with facts, science, reason, and logic. Oh, I so long for the day. I can't wait for this day. We're going to take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, got some more of those anti-ads. And remember the guy from the uh, This Is Your Brain on Drugs fried egg commercial? We've turned another one. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. We're here with Sir Richard Branson. Far more damage has been done to people by the current approach. Jim McMahon. You know, a lot of the coaches are old school. You know, he used to just yell at us, go, oh, you bunch of bot smokers. John Popper on the telephone. You know, I think in the 60s there was that kind of, the bigotry wasn't so common. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. 
Why not come in here? You're tuned into the Rush Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. 38 after the hour, last segment here for the week as we uh, move on into the weekend, two weekends away from marijuana election night. Oh, my God. Now, uh, this weekend, I'll be here in uh, beautiful Potland, Oregon, but next weekend, I will be in Dallas, Texas with Dallas-Fort Worth Normal taking part in their Dallas Marijuana March. That's right. DFW Normal is so badass. They do two marijuana marches a year. They do the May one you know, that the rest of the planet does, right? The Global Marijuana March. They do the May one, and then they do the, the October one. And uh, they alternate, flip-flop Fort Worth or Dallas, because they're kind of far apart, actually. Uh, and so, yeah, I did the Fort Worth one, and now I'm doing the Dallas one this year. So really excited to head down there for Halloween weekend. Uh, and then the following weekend, I'll be driving down I-5, because on Sunday, the Sunday before Election Day, I'm going to be a guest on Stony Sunday with Coral Reefer right there in the Bay Area. And uh, she's a big YouTube phenomenon. So uh, check her out. And uh, yeah, so she just wanted someone who was an expert in the election to give people kind of the rundown. And I guess I'm the guy. So going to drive down there, do the gig with uh, Coral. And then the next day, drive down to L.A. to get ready for the marijuana election night itself. Did I get that right? Did I miss a week in there? It seemed like I missed a week. Did I? That's was East Dallas. And then, nope, that's right. It's that soon. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I'm starting to panic just a little bit. Uh, I am feeling pretty good today because of the results of yesterday where I had the rare, rare opportunity to have a completely au gratin football experience. That's right. The Packers played Thursday night football last night, and then... The Boise State Broncos played Thursday night, you know, an early college game against BYU. Uh, yeah, Agraton, get it? Potatoes and cheese, Idaho and Green Bay. Uh, anyway, so the Packers won their game, kind of a lackluster game. The Bears weren't much of a challenge. But the uh, Boise State game, oh, my God, <laughs> this was a heart stopper for me. Boise State gave up the ball five times, <laughs> had five turnovers, two of them were pick sixes. Gave up two pick sixes, and wasn't another one like a fumble into the end zone or something? It was just awful. Like, the wheels were falling off. It was terrible. At the very end of the game, we're up 28-27. They get the ball with 15 seconds on a second down to kick a game-winning field goal. We block the field goal. Game's won, uh, except the ball didn't get past the uh, line of scrimmage, and BYU recovered it, and it was only second down. So they got up on third downs and... Had a chance for a pass, went incomplete, and on fourth down had the chance for the Hail Mary that bounced around in the air for a while before it finally hit the blue turf. Oh, my God. My heart nearly came out of my chest. It was unbelievable. To win a game like that (laughs) with five turnovers is just very difficult to do. But uh, my Boise State Broncos remain undefeated in college football. All right. Enough of that. Let's get back to weed. Uh, I told you that the... This is your brain on drugs guy uh, has something for us. Uh, Let me refresh your memory. If you weren't around in the 80s, this was an ad we heard all the time. And it actually ran for 14 years, people. Is there anyone out there who still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? Okay. Last time. 
This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Yeah, can I can I get some Tabasco with that? <laughs> so this guy's name is John Roselius, and uh, he's the actor who uh, is the voice behind, you know, This Is Your Brain on Drugs. Any questions? The ad was from 1987, and the uh, website Rooster uh, has uh, talked to him and found that he just voted to legalize marijuana in California. Yay, we got him. Hooray. Yes. So uh, Roselius says, quote, I'm 100% behind legalizing it. Are you kidding? It's healthier than alcohol. And the violence is 99% down from alcohol. End quote. Now, they also undercover the fact that Roselius, uh, when he recorded this ad in 1987, uh, knew that it was bullshit. Uh, he smoked pot. Back in the 1960s. And he says when he filmed the ad, he already knew marijuana didn't actually fry young brains. But he was uh, paid 360 bucks for just a few hours work. And uh, <laughs> history was made. Now, the ad ran for 14 years, I told you. But the Partnership for Drug-Free America, uh, he didn't have any contract for royalties or anything like that. So he never got another dime from that ad. 360 bucks and he becomes the the iconic face and voice of reefer madness in the 80s and 90s (laughs) so uh he uh cast his ballot he's got a mail-in ballot and he cast it for prop 64 to legalize marijuana so thank you this is your brain on drugs guy (laughs) for helping us to legalize now speaking of the anti-ads we've got a new anti-ad that is out from the Arizona opponents, the no on 205 people. This one is called Empty Promises. I was a school superintendent in Colorado when our state voted to legalize marijuana. We were promised millions of new revenues for our schools, but they were empty words. I never saw a single dollar actually reach the classroom. I'm a Colorado school principal. Politicians spent more money on regulation and bureaucracy than in the classroom. Marijuana use among our students soared, often in the form of edibles that look like candy. Don't believe the false promises. The same thing could happen in Arizona. Vote no on Prop 205. All right, so now these no on 205 people have gotten even more slimy and disingenuous. They had already had an ad out that had, was a couple of ads already that were um, Colorado promised a bunch of tax money for schools, but Denver schools didn't get a dime. And we pointed out earlier how that's because Denver schools rejected it. Denver schools didn't want the money. There was money for them. They turned it down. So now this new ad, as you heard, doesn't identify that the people that are talking to you, at least in the voice part. Now, the video part might have that. But the voice part there uh, does not identify them as being Colorado school or a Denver school principals or a Denver educator, but a Colorado school principal and a Colorado educator. So that the listener infers that, oh, I see. So it was a lie. Those schools in Colorado didn't get any money. When in fact they did. Plenty of it. Lots of money. 
Some of them are funding scholarships for kids. Some of them are building new uh, facilities. Lots of money went to these kids. So it's just disgusting that they would use that sort of tactic. Uh, And again, once called on it, doubled down on it, doubled down on being deceptive with that school's argument. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. And what was the other part of there? The uh, about the uh, oh, the the the, the kids, the, the more kids are smoking. Also debunked by the state of Colorado itself. It's healthy kids survey has said there's been no statistical increase in the kids that are using cannabis. And to add the fear part of it, uh, and, and often it's edibles that look like candy. This is where they try to frighten us because, oh, the kids will sneak it in. We'll have no way of knowing. At least if, at least if they're smoking a joint, they have to go out behind the shop class and, we, and it smells and we can catch them. But why? If they have gummy bears or a cookie, we'd never know. Okay. So this is always something, and, and, and I'm not making light of kids getting high or anything. But just in general, I've always thought that if the effects of the drug weren't enough for you to know the person's on the drug, why do you need to know the person's on the drug? Why does it matter? If I get high and it's not causing problems anywhere, why is this a concern to you? If, if you can't tell, if I'm eating a brownie and you can't tell that I'm getting high on that brownie, where's the problem? Is it that there's this potential? There's this potential that because I'm high, something terrible will happen. That's really what their fears are based on is that the kids are going to be bringing in the pot brownies, sharing the pot gummy bears. They're going to be stoned out of their minds all day, every day in class. And they're not going to learn anything. They're going to drop out and be welfare bums and living in the basement till they're 35. That's what they're playing on here. And what it ignores is the fact that those kids can already do that and are. <laughs> Legalization doesn't matter. The, uh, the ability of kids to be able to get their hands on weed has been very easy for four, de- four and a half decades now. I knew these guys in school. I knew the guys that were blazed out, stoned, missing out on their education. Legalization doesn't increase that. Legalization doesn't invent that. What it does is stop arresting the adults in some sort of false hope that doing that will stop the kids. Because it doesn't. All all these years of prohibition have proven that. We put the full force of the federal and state and local governments declared the item contraband in all circumstances, in any amounts by any person, used no-knock warrants and guns and tear gas and tasers and handcuffs and cages and prisons and asset forfeitures and job loss and drug testing and everything we've thrown at this, and people still smoke pot. Lots and lots and lots of them. So we've proven that that doesn't work. We've proven that that's not helping things any. 
And now over the preliminary few years here of legalization, we found far more benefits from it and none of the alleged harms that were going to come from it. The traffic fatalities are down. No more kids are using than used before. We're not seeing an increase in marijuana dependency rates, still sitting about 1.5% of the regular users. So what's the issue? Why are we so concerned about this? Now, back to the kids and to the caveat. (laughs) We don't want kids getting high in class. We don't want them blazed out during their early years. There is concern that messing around with developing brains is not the best idea. But we need to get away from this sensationalism and hysteria over it. The kids that want to get high and waste their life away already are, already will. Legalization doesn't change that any. If some of the kids experiment a little, that's just the way life is. Kids experiment. But at least what they experiment with will be labeled and tested and We'll know what the potency is in it. We'll know that it wasn't contaminated with something else. And we know that the source they got it from isn't connected to criminals and violence. And people that might want to take advantage of them or even have them become part of the criminal enterprise. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. I think it was my second year in the league. Uh... When I had my first injury, that's when I started using painkillers, and I was using them daily, pretty much the rest of my career. It takes its toll. It's taken too many of those things. Once I retired, I got rid of those. I moved out here to Arizona, got my medical card, and have been using marijuana ever since. Someone like me can afford to be a medical marijuana patient, but others aren't so lucky. Marijuana should be available to all adults who need it. I'm voting yes on Prop 205, and hope you will too. The Russ Belleville Show. Providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. 
Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We just got about five minutes left here in our week. I want to thank you all for joining us, Ming listeners. Make sure you check out the other podcasts we've got on CannabisRadio.com. Lots of great information out there, all sorts of opinions, and every different niche that you might want. We got grow shows. We got medical shows. We got money shows. We got law shows. It's all up there. Just check out CannabisRadio.com and uh, get yourself educated to get it regulated. Now, I mentioned we uh, played a couple of the ads that we had from uh, the anti side, and we've got some new ads out on the pro side as well, on our side. So this is the uh, second ad that they are running now in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. All my training, indeed my oath, is to do everything to cure patients. But our current marijuana laws need changing. Right now, doctors and patients are afraid to bring up all treatment options for fear of breaking the law. Yes on 4 means we can regulate, tax, and legalize marijuana to help people with pain avoid opiates and for other true medical needs. The current system isn't working. It's why doctors and patients agree it's time to vote yes on 4. Now, this is very clever, and it kind of dovetails in with that uh, Jim McMahon ad that we heard the other day, the one where he is uh, fighting or telling people about his use of marijuana for medical purposes as he's discussing a legalization initiative. I think it was my second year in the league uh, when I had my first injury. That's when I started using painkillers, and I was using them daily pretty much the rest of my career. It takes its toll. It's taken too many of those things. Once I retired, I got rid of those. I moved out here to Arizona, got my medical card, and, and been using marijuana ever since. Someone like me can afford to be a medical marijuana patient, but others aren't so lucky. Marijuana should be available to all adults who need it. I'm voting yes on Prop 205 and hope you will too. So in both of these ads, in Arizona and Massachusetts, we've got a similar sort of situation. Both states have medical marijuana, but both states are very shy on legalizing it, right? The polls are the lowest in Arizona and in Massachusetts. Even though they're still above 50 of the five states, they're at the lowest. So this tie in to medical is kind of interesting to me. And it's interesting in the in the sense that they're talking about how marijuana works medically, but medical marijuana doesn't work. In the Jim McMahon Arizona ad, he points out how people like me can afford to be medical marijuana patients, right? Hell, you have the doctor's visits, you got the state registration, but it can cost 400 bucks, 500 bucks to get yourself a medical marijuana card in some of these states. So, you know, all people who could benefit from marijuana should be able to access it. So the Arizona ad gives you the, gives you, if you believed in medical marijuana, then you need to legalize it because medical marijuana as a system leaves too many people behind. I love it. And the other ad, the Massachusetts ad, brings up the, uh, you know, that the medical marijuana uh, is difficult for people to talk about. It's frightening because it's illegal and, and its illegality keeps doctors from wanting to talk about it, keeps others from wanting to talk about it. One more ad. Let's see if we can get this in. I, did, I ran out of time. This is the one in Nevada. 
Living in Nevada is great, but as a mom, I worry about my kids, especially when they're out there in the world. We hear about it all the time. Drug dealers selling on the street is dangerous for our kids and for our families. Voting yes on two to regulate and tax marijuana for adults means stricter control and fewer drugs on the street. We know it works. In other states, the police spend their time fighting serious and violent crimes. It's Nevada's turn. Vote yes on two. Gotta like it. Emphasizing the safety angle. Get those soccer moms voting on it. Understand that criminals don't check ID. That's all the time we got. Thanks for joining us. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.